morning. <clears throat> well, well, we had a nice morning this morning. We're about to get out of those nice, cool mornings, so we better enjoy them while we got them. All right. <laughs> All right, we're going to be in the church Bibles today in our reading and uh, on page 830, 830, 830 of the church Bibles. Uh, we've got a praise to talk about. It's great to see Nina and Raul back. Glad you're feeling better. That's awesome. Bless the Lord for that. And uh, we're going to remember Daniel and Amanda Haynes. They've gone on a 
he won a trip through his work uh, to the Dominican Republic, so they're taking a vacation to the DR this week. So we pray they have safe travels. We're going to lift up Kylie. She's beginning to have some seizures, and so they're on the way to Cook's today, I believe, as we speak right now. So we can't hardly forget what the Lord's already done <clears throat> for this little baby doll, so we continue to pray his hand uh, with her. And uh, Raul Jr., we're going to continue to remember him as he's still battling that cancer. And so we'll just pray that um, the Lord will give him strength and what he needs in that battle. And we'll remember Joe and Susan. They're traveling this weekend. They're not with us today, so we'll keep them in our prayers. We're reading in <clears throat> Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31. Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we bless you for this day. We thank you, Lord, um, for the answered prayers in Nina's life. Thank you that her, she is feeling better. Uh, it's also great, Lord, to see Teresa back with us today. Thank you for the healing you're giving both of them. And uh, it's always good to see uh, folks come back to be a part of our congregation after your hand of healing. And so, Lord, we just continue to bless you for that. Lord, I pray in a mighty way, Lord, we have seen what you've already done for Kylie. That, Lord, we know our scripture even says you do not get weary. You do not faint. You are the God of all creation. And we know who you are. We proclaim who you are. And we trust that little baby girl to you uh, today and every day. So I pray you give the doctors wisdom that even the doctors would see your hand continuing to work in her little life. So we bless you. Give uh, Rick and Amanda peace and strength as they go. Uh, we also pray for Amanda and Daniel Haynes on their trip. Lord, you go with them and uh, give them a, a blessed time away. And with Joe and Susan as well, Father, I pray you be with them. And uh, Lord, we lift up Raul Jr., Lord, we know cancer is a horrible thing. But, Lord, we know again we proclaim who you are. So I pray, God, that you would work in Raul's life and, uh, Lord, that your name would be lifted up in this battle and that you would give Raul and Nina strength as they walk beside him uh, as he goes through this. So we pray your mighty hand, Lord, uh, would, uh, would be in the middle of the situation, Father. We bless you. We thank you for this day. Lord, we, we bless you, we, this song we sing, Lord, that we would love to not only hear you pass by, but to have your presence here with us today. Uh, we bless you, we thank you, pray that you would speak to us through your, uh, through your word, even through our worship, Lord, I pray we're drawn close to you as you sit on your throne today. Bless you, Lord, we pray, in your holy name, Jesus, amen.
the altar where I run to rest, where I wait, resurrection and the touch of your breath. I die now daily because I've learned to live in the grace that belongs to all who are born again. I am cleansed, I am washed, I am sanctified, I am holy, ghost filled, and water baptized. I am right with my God. For all time, cause Jesus, my Savior's alive. Here at the table, where children are fed, we are filled with the mercy of the Lamb. The bread. I feast now daily because I've learned to live in the grace that belongs to all who are born again. I am cleansed, I am washed, I am saved.
can see The water's raging at my feet I can feel The breath of those surrounding me I can hear The sound of nations rising up We will not be overtaken We will not be overcome I can walk Down this dark and painful road I can face Every fear of the unknown I can hear All God's children singing out We will not be overtaken We will not be overcome The same power that rose Jesus from the grave The same power Promises are true in his strength. There is nothing we can't do. Yes, we know there are greater things in store. We will not be overtaken, we will not be overcome. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave. The same power.
Your God. 
good morning. What a great morning already we've had. Wonderful words that Bill read from God's Word and powerful songs. And uh, thank you, Daniel, for lifting us up in this amazing place of prayer. And I felt like through all these places, the message has already been given. And I love that God brings everything together to help us to continue to see what he's trying to say to us today. So if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians on page 1326. Page 1326, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. This is 2 Corinthians, so it follows 1 Corinthians, right? And um, so you might remember that Paul had gone to the church at Corinth and had, um, uh, it was a Gentile church and had uh, worked in the church and and, uh, started this church and uh, faithful believers. And then he left and went to Ephesus and things kind of, they got drug off by some false teachings and some uh, untruths. And so Paul writes 1 Corinthians to really instruct them and remind them of the things that God has for them to walk in. And then he goes, um, and uh, let's see, that's why he's, while he's in Ephesus, I believe. And then he sends Titus down to Ephesus, I mean to Corinthians, to um, help with some confusion and some of the false teachings that they're walking in. And then Titus leaves there and they are praising because of the place that they have had a change of heart. They had become very irritated with Paul And um, Titus was able to go in and help them to see that Paul's heart was to bring them into truth. And so they've had a change of heart, and now Paul is writing them 2 Corinthians. There was actually probably two other letters that we don't have, but we're just going to work within the the message that we have been given today. So starting in verse 1, chapter 1, Paul writes, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God, which is is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in all Achaia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and of God of all comfort. I love how Paul starts out his letter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to confront the 
I'm sorry, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as such sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now, if we are afflicted, it is for our consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. So let's look at just a few things that Paul is saying. He starts out and he says, the father of mercies and God of all comfort. When we read this so many times, oh my goodness, I'd love to know exactly what comes to everybody's mind right here when we read this word of the God of all comfort. I, I know that many of us are going through trials and tribulations and difficult situations and hard times and sufferings. And if I really went about talking to each one in this room, you could tell me about a situation in your life where there is a big struggle, where there is a difficulty. And that is what Paul is talking about right here. He's talking about these places that are struggles in our lives. But he starts off by saying first, he says, you know, the God of mercies, and the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. And when we think about this place of comfort, most of us think of sympathy. Somebody's going to hear my story, my situation. They're going to have sympathy for me. They're going to come give me a big hug, and they're going to pat me on the back. That's what we kind of think of when we think of, of being comforted, right? And so... That's what we read into this, but that is not what Paul is talking about. That's not what this word is actually helping us to understand today. So I want you to put aside the things that we think comfort looks like. Because what happens is we see right here in this place of suffering, as Paul is writing about suffering, we think if God, if you are the God of comfort, then why am I still uncomfortable in my situation? Why am I still hurting? Why is everything not working out like it ought to? Why are things not fixed? If you are the God who comes and pats us on the back and gives us a big hug and is sympathetic to our situation. Now it's interesting because right before that, it says the father of mercies. Oh my goodness, the father of mercies. And we would think even in that, that he would have mercy on our situations, right? And yet what we are going to see is the father of mercies is far beyond each individual situation. His mercies are that he knows beyond what our situations are. He knows what we need and when we need it. And his mercy is, is that he's desiring to work in those situations. 
but maybe not as we see with the big hug. This place of comfort, I looked it up when I began to study this place. God quickened me and said, you need to look this word up because you can't teach on this if you don't fully understand this word because the whole passage we're going to look at is on this word comfort. And this word comfort comes from a word that comes out of the root word of parakletos. And you might remember that this word parakletos is what John writes about, that Jesus talks about, that the Father would give when he is no longer here, a helper. Some people in some translations even have that translated as the comforter. And it's the same understanding that we're going to look at today. The comforter. In fact, let's just... um, now I want to go ahead and tell you. So I looked this word up, I know. And, um, and it does mean sometimes to bring, uh, to console. It does mean sometimes to encourage. But it also means to call to. And it also means to strengthen. So what I want you to understand is I believe what Paul is telling us today is, yes, God is the one who can console you, but not with a big hug. God is the one who is going to encourage you. And he's going to call you into what he's doing. But the main thing God is doing in these situations is strengthening you. He's strengthening you to walk in the power that raised Jesus from the dead. I love that the Lord allowed that to be played today. Um, I didn't have any idea that was going to be played. But I thought it's exactly what Paul is talking about. He's trying to say to us, it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead that should encourage you, that should console you, not to be overwhelmed by the situation and not in this place of a big hug, but to console you in the place that it's the same power, the strength, the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Let's turn, put your marker here. We're going to come right back to this. But let's turn to John 14. It's on page 1242. Page 1242, John 14, and let's, um, Jesus is talking here, but let's start in about verse 15. Jesus says in verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then he says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. 
I loved this understanding years ago as God began to help us to understand what this word helper mean. And like I say, many times in many translations, it's actually translated comforter. It, it, it means another one of the same kind. I love that understanding. Sometimes we think if Jesus could just be here and walk with me exactly as he did then in the situation I'm in now, what a great comfort that would be. And what Jesus is telling his disciples is he's saying, I'm going to pray to the Father and he's going to give you a helper, one who's going to be just like me. One of the same kind who will walk alongside of you in every situation. One that would come and walk beside us. So it is one of the same kind and one that walks beside us. That's what this word helper that's what this word parakletos, that's what this word comforter means. One that will walk in the situation with you. Jesus goes on to say in that verse 16, he says that uh, he will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever that he may be with you and abide with you. And then he says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. He's saying he's the spirit of truth. He will guide you. He will lead you and you will know it because you will know him. That's what Paul is talking about over here, that understanding. So now if you go back to 2 Corinthians on page 1326. Now we understand what Paul is talking about. So I want to read this again starting in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. So right there you can see God of all strength. Strength because the same one, the same one as Jesus is walking beside you in these situations. He's your helper. He's the one that is going to encourage you, but encourage you to be strong. Verse 4 says, who comforts us in all our tribulations. I love this word, word tribulations because we find that it has so many places in our lives. We think of this word tribulations. We think maybe it might be what is called trials. We would say, I'm in a really a difficult place. I'm in a trial right now. I'm in a hard time right now. I'm in a battle. People say all the time, well, I'm in a battle. 
a tribulation. But one of the words I was thinking about, and I wrote even in my Bible, I, I wrote down stress. So many times we say, well, I'm just in a stressful situation. I'm really stressed right now. I have a lot of stresses on my plate. Anybody here use that word from time to time? Yeah, we are, find ourselves stressed. That's what Paul is saying right here. He's saying the God who comforts us in all our tribulations, our stresses, <clears throat> our difficulties, our sicknesses, our hard times, <clears throat> excuse me, but he's not saying he comforts us by giving us a warm hug in all of our stresses, in all of our trials, but rather what is he saying? <clears throat> excuse me, thank you. <clears throat> He's saying, I'm going to strengthen you. So let's read verse 4 again. The God, uh, well, let's start in verse 3. God of all strength. <clears throat> Excuse me. Who strengthens us in all stresses, trials, hard times, difficulties, tribulations that we may be able to strengthen those who are in any trouble with the strength with which we ourselves are strengthened by God. So Paul is saying, there's a couple of things going on here. He's saying you're in a situation, you're in a difficult situation. You can trust in the God who is walking beside you, who is this, just as Jesus, the same kind of Jesus, he is God. And he is encouraging you and strengthening you and helping you in the tribulations. One of the things I want you to see, it says, he who strengthens or comforts us in all tribulations. In it. In it. I love that word. In it. It doesn't mean he's going to take you out of it. When we find ourselves in a hard time, in a stressful situation, in a difficult place, in a trial, any place, what do we do? The first thing we do, and, I, and I'm telling you, I'm right here guilty of this place, and I'm praying that God would help me to see this completely, that I will not walk in this way anymore. Because what we pray is, God, take us out. God, remove this situation in my life. Stop this hurt from happening. Don't allow this to be a part of my life, Lord. Take this out of me. That's how we see it to be comforted, right? And that is not what Paul is saying. He's saying God is going to strengthen you in your situation, in your stressful place, in your hard time. He's going to strengthen you. But he goes on to say, not only for you, but for you that you will be able to strengthen it as you and encourage those who are in any kind of trouble. So those around us, God is placing us in an opportunity to be able to come and strengthen and encourage through him. Not in that place of just saying, 
oh, let me give you a hug. I know you're going to get through this. No. He's saying, he's saying he's giving you an opportunity to say God is going to help you and strengthen you if you can turn to him and trust in him and put all your faith in him. He's going to help you in this situation. And I'm here to encourage you because I've seen God do it in my life. That's what Paul is saying. So it's not just for you. It's for you and everybody around you. You are to be walking in the power that raised Jesus from the dead. That those around you that are in struggling situations can be encouraged and strengthened to find him. Because of you walking through what you're walking through. You see, God wants to use you far more than just getting through your situation. Oh, his mercies are far bigger than we understand. Far more. So let's read on in verse 5. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now, this is interesting because right here he said, for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, the same place that we join into sufferings, that he is saying you are joining into these places with Christ in the sufferings. And he's saying, listen, if you're walking with Christ, you're Sufferings are going to abound. They're going to increase. Now, that we don't sell that at church very often, do we? We don't say, listen, come and give your life to Jesus because your sufferings are going to increase and abound. We don't say that. But Paul is saying that. He's saying when you walk with Jesus, your sufferings are going to abound. So our consolation, that is the same word as comfort. Our strength will also abound through Christ. So he's saying you're going to have more trials. You're going to have more sufferings. You're going to have more stress just because you're walking in the situations you are, the enemy is coming. And God's allowing it. He is. He's allowing it. But he's saying, as this abounds, he says, then your strength, your encouragement, your power is also abounds through Christ. Verse 6 says, now if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffered, um, also suffer. Or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. 
So in this place, this place of afflicted, this place when things have happened to you, difficulties have come upon you, you're in a hard time. He's saying it is for your, it is for your own consolation, your own comfort and your salvation. Hmm. That the same sufferings which we also suffer, which we also suffer. He's saying, listen, these things are happening to you just like they're happening to me. Paul was very familiar with sufferings. And he's saying right now, in this very place, he says, your consolation, this word of comfort, your strength. And then this word salvation, oh my goodness, we talk about this all the time, is the word sozo, which really means deliverance. Deliverance from the darkness into a safe place. So if you read this now, you say, it says, if we are afflicted, it is for your strength and deliverance out of the darkness into safety. Which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. He's saying, I'm, I've gone through a lot of things. You're going to be able to endure these things. Leave your marker right here and let's look at, at uh, 2 Corinthians. It's on page 1334, uh, 2 Corinthians 11. So he's speaking to um, some of the Hebrews here, the Hebrew people or the Pharisees and, and some of the church, well, not the Pharisees, I'm sorry, some of the church leaders that are uh, really addressing whether Paul is who he says he is. And so starting in verse, um, let's start in verse 23. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as, as a fool. I am more. And no, so he's going on to say, you are thinking you are ministers and of Christ. He's saying, let me tell you, I've, I'm even more in these places. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prison, more frequent. In deaths, often. So he's saying he's been beaten with, and, and had many unmeasurable places of stripes. He's been in prison more frequently, in deaths even often. He's found himself right at the very face of death. Then he says in verse 24, From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Five times he's been beaten almost to death. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentile, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and in toil, in sleeplessness, 
often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. He's saying, listen, all of these things have happened to me. They may happen to you. He's saying, listen, I know you're telling me your hard times, but I, I'm telling you, I've had a lot of things that I've been suffering from. But let's go back and look at what he's saying as he continues to help us to understand. So back to uh, chapter 1, and let's read in verse 7. <clears throat> well, let's read verse six, 6 again. If we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or, if we are comforted, if we are strengthened, it is for your strengthening and your deliverance. You see, it, he's saying these things go outside of just who you are. And our hope for you is steadfast. It's unshakable. It is not, uh, not disturbed. It's our hope is for you is steadfast because we know that as you are partakers of suffering, so also you will partake of the consolation, of the strength, of the power. Hmm. And our hope for you is steadfast. He's saying, listen, I'm unshakable about what I'm telling you right here. I'm unshakable about it. I'm steadfast. Because we know that as you are partakers of suffering, as you go through these trials, as you go through these afflictions, as you go through these hard times, you will also be partakers of the power and the strength that God will bring along with you through the Holy Spirit. Paul is saying, listen, the suffering is coming, but you're going to get to be partakers <laughs> of this wonderful place with Jesus as it strengthens you in his power. Verse 8, for we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure above strength so that we despaired even of life. He's saying, listen, I don't want you to be ignorant. He, he's talking about these places where he's been in so much difficulty and, and beaten and stoned and uh, in shipwrecked and all these problems that he's had over and over again. And he's saying, he, even at times, he thought they were going to die. He said, you know, we, we despaired even of life. We thought, we thought this is it. We're going to die right here. That's what he thought. So he's saying, I'm telling you these things, knowing that I have been in these very situations that brought me to the point of almost death. I understand what I'm saying to you. 
I understand it because I've lived it. Verse 9 says, yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. And he's saying, listen, in this place where I was almost at death, it, in fact, we, we would be having the sentence of death. It was right upon us, that place of death. But he says that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God. He's saying this was here to strengthen him, to remind him of the power that's in him, that we would not trust in ourselves. Ah, I don't know if that hits you in the face or not. But in these difficult times, in these trials in your life, in these hard times, Paul is saying they're given out of God's mercy. Do you hear what I'm saying? That we would not trust in ourselves. but that we would trust in God who raises the dead. He says, even if I die, it's okay because God's going to raise me from the dead. What a powerful place that Paul is bringing as encouragement to people in a difficult time in suffering. He's saying, listen, the God of mercies, he's brought you to this place so that you might learn not to trust in yourself, but to trust in him. And even if you die, he's going to raise you from the dead. Amen. Verse 10 says, Who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. He's saying that we put our trust in God who raises the dead. And who, by the way, did deliver us, he's saying, who did deliver us from that place and is still delivering us. So Paul is writing this in these places knowing that God has delivered him and is continuing to deliver him. And then he says, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. And he's saying, he has, he is, and he still will. Because Paul knows on the day that he was killed, God would raise him from the dead. He's trusting in that, in that God. Verse 11 says, You also helping together in prayer for us, that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. So Paul is saying, but, but I want to thank you also. For, for praying for us, helping together in prayer for us. He said, thank you for praying for me. 
and for praying for us as we were in these difficult situations. And, And I love this because he says, because when you've been praying for us, as we've seen God do these mighty things, then many people have been able to give thanks. Paul is always about how it glorifies God, isn't he? Thank you for praying for us in these hard times because now you can all join me in thanking God for what he's doing. That's the heart. Verse 12 says, For our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God and more abundantly towards you. He's saying, okay, all of this in my boasting is there's a testimony of our conscience, of our heart, that we conducted ourselves in the world in purity. In, it says simplicity, but we don't quite understand what Paul's talking about. He's talking about not being self-seeking. He's talking about being in the purest sense and in godly sincerity. And this is, uh, this is better understood in, uh, in his cleanest motives, in his most awesome, purest motives. And... and uh, He's saying, so in this place, he's conducted himself throughout his walk, if you will, without being self-seeking, in purity, with godly motives, not with fleshly wisdom. He hasn't pursued these places. But he says, but this is by the grace of God and more abundantly toward you. He's saying, and God has done this in me and will do even more in you. A few weeks ago, we studied a place that I, I, I was so reminded of. Let's turn back to Romans 5. Oh, I'm sorry, it's on page 1297. We studied this place, and I, I, I just chuckled as I was studying in this for today because I said, Lord, you know, if we didn't get it, you wanted to bring it again a little stronger. And that's what we see in the Bible is that over and over and over, it's the same messages, but God knows we don't get a hold of it and grab a hold of it to where it totally changes our lives, like it did Paul's. That he lived, and that's what he's saying, I've lived this place. But I'm not boasting in it about myself. I'm boasting in it because it was through God that this happened. It always goes back to God. So in chapter 5 of Romans, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace 
with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into his grace, in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And now, I'm sorry, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. There it is. In hard times, in difficult times, in stressful times, when everything's not going right, knowing that tribulations produce perseverance. Remember, we studied this. Paul is saying, you know, these tribulations, these trials, these places, they are to help you. They are to encourage you. They are to strengthen you. They are to help you persevere, to endure. Endure and perseverance character and it's saying and when you do endure through these places then it it strengthens your character and some I hear people saying that all the time and they say well I just don't need my character to be strengthened anymore and I just have to chuckle now because I I see that that's how we think of it in the flesh is oh it's making me a better person and it's about us this place is not about us it's the proof of who you are in Christ. That's how it's supposed to be. Not so that the world looks at you and say you are a better person, but that the world looks at you and says Christ is in you. You've endured this tribulation, this circumstance, this situation, and therefore your character produces this light and proof that he is in you. And character, hope. This word hope doesn't mean like the world thinks of I hope so. So I hope something will happen. I hope things will get better. I hope this won't be this way. This hope is a confident expectation of who God is. In other words, he's saying through these trials, you're going to be able to endure because God is giving you the power and the strength to endure that will create in you a character that is proof of who he is and that he lives in you. And in that place, it shows that you are hope, that your hope is a confident place of who God is even to the point of raising the dead. A trial, a tribulation, a stressful situation, a hard time, a difficulty, a battle. I wrote down as I was finishing up yesterday and wrote down, I thought they do one of two things. They either strengthen you, they bring you comfort that strengthens you in the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Or they destroy what God is doing and they bring doubt 
and unbelief. There's only two ways. Paul is writing to the church. And he's saying, you're going to be in stressful situations. You're going to be afflicted. You're going to have tribulations. I've had them. You're going to have them. But he's encouraging them to walk in the power and the strength that can come through the Paracletos, through the Holy Spirit who walks alongside you. That brings the proof of who he is. I pray that this place will touch your heart and that as you find yourself praying for situations, and it's, it's a little difficult, I'll tell you, as, as I have seen over the past few weeks even, to find ourselves, when we start to pray about a situation, it's very hard for us not to say, Lord, just take this away. Can you, Lord, you are the great I am. You are king of kings. You created all things. You can take this away. And he can. <laughs> but would we be willing to move away from that kind of that kind of prayers to being in a place to pray for each other and for our situations that God would use these places as an opportunity to glorify his great name in our lives as witnesses to those around us. Stand with me, please.
I deep in 
Yes, I depend.